0: feeling stuck sucks it's disempowering we feel isolated and we may make decisions that don't serve us or our loved ones your coaches Lotta and ryan are here to help together yes that includes you let's get unstuck this is the fit fusion podcast Hi and welcome to another episode of Fitwell Fusion with Lotta. Today I'm having a guest here. It's Jeff Seo. And Jeff is a life coach and neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. So it's an NLP practitioner, which is a mindset coach. And he's also the founder of Mind Access Life Coaching. Jeff, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit further than that?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, you did a good job of introducing me there. On top of all that, I'm the founder and head coach of Mind Access Life Coaching. And I'm also the founder of Astraeus Apparel. And I've got a bit of a background in academia. um, In human biological science, neuroscience, and biotech. So I use that in my coaching as well.
0: Oh, nice. So it's a bit more... Your whole approach is a bit more from the academic side and then also a bit more the other side, like life coaching... So you have them both together, right? As a hybrid?
1: Yeah, 100%. I combine experience with um, like actual theoretical knowledge. So you get the full package.
0: That's awesome. So I read on your website that you technically said that you would do a hybrid of life coaching and mindset coaching. So could you elaborate on that a little bit and tell us like what benefits do they give to people?
1: Yeah, well, um, life coaching, every life coach does a different thing right because there's no one size fits all for life coaching because you can't fix everyone's problems you can't get everyone to achieve exactly what they want you can only do a certain thing right so for me it's helping people get clear in their vision overcome their limiting beliefs and then create a powerful strategy and accountability system to go out and achieve them now the only thing about that is is that if you just do life coaching, then it's hard to really get them to overcome those limiting beliefs and hurdles. So you have to do mindset work too to help them really work through what is stopping them from achieving their goal, what are their obstacles, et cetera. So combining the two uh, really helps for that last bit, which is about really creating that goal setting accountability system where they can go out and do exactly what they wanted to do. But that's where you combine both of these two things.
0: Oh, that's awesome so it's really that you found life coaching on its own which I personally found as well to not be a hundred percent the right thing to help people get going so how do you start do you start with the mindset part or more with the life coaching part
1: the life part because we got to diagnose exactly what that person wants um so if you like I wouldn't go straight into mindset because you have to figure out what to reinforce first so like what do you have to build? Um, what is their vision? Like, what what are they, what are their passions? You know, what are their values, morals, etc. Only when you're clear in that, can you then lead into the mindset. Which is why I'm an NLP practitioner too, because I can use that to really help build upon what we discovered in the life coaching um, component.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I was actually going to ask you, what is an NLP practitioner? A neurolinguistic programming practitioner, right? That's a hard word for me.
1: Yeah, so an NLP practitioner is basically coming from the field of neuro linguistic programming, which is created by two guys called Bandler and Grinder. Now, these two guys created a system for us to moderate the way that we think and moderate the way that we perceive the world so that we can achieve what we want. So, NLP, in like the general understanding of it, is like a science that you can use to change the way someone thinks right, with your words but when you look at it from what we're trying to do with life coaching or mindset coaching it's about helping you moderate the way that you think so that you have strategies to overcome maybe negative thought patterns maybe overcome fearful thoughts etc so you really become more self-aware of the way you're thinking so that you don't fall back into a loop and you self-sabotage right so there's two ways you can use and okay um and this is the way that I use it
0: that is super interesting because our first guests were actually on self-sabotage. And um, so I had never heard about that before. And then now you bring that up as well. So is this really that NLP looks at how do you get influenced by your environment, by your own mindset to then sabotage what you're doing? And we're going to look at, okay, what are you doing? How can you do it better?
1: Yeah, it's like one thing that it does. It's all about really becoming more self-aware of your mind and being able to be more mentally swift, like, for example, have doing making faster decisions, for example, being more aware of your thought patterns and your anchors to, like, negative events in the past. Like, how do you perceive a future event based on something that happened in the past? Are you attaching negative emotions? Why? Let's understand that. Is that creating a fear that's stopping you or holding you back? Um, so that's one way we can use NLP for a lot of inflection to understand ourselves. Um, and as a coach, I take the client through that journey because it allows them to really get clear on what's holding them back from whatever they want to do with their lives.
0: Yeah. I always just find it so fascinating how it's all different techniques, but in the end it comes down to like a similar thing because I heard of most of these things, but I never heard of the NLP practitioner, for example, and that specific approach. So, how would you say, where does that more scientific approach come in? Because is that the one that comes from the um, Academy of Modern Applied Psychology? Or is that uh, a different institute you went with?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> the academy of apply of modern applied psychology is where i learned uh life coaching and neuro linguistic programming and i got certified through them my actual academic background is with the university of western australia where i have a bachelor of science in human biological sciences neuroscience and a master's of biotechnology so like i'm actually with like a university i've got like a project and things like you know a whole bunch of degrees there but the academy is like uh, certifications to allow me to be a life coach now you don't actually need certifications to be a life coach or a mindset coach and there's plenty of people that do it without I disagree with that I think that you need to have some kind of like backing to do it I mean you can do it based off experience but because like so much of my life is based in like gaining certification to do something I believe that you need to have some kind of credibility to be able to go and coach people to improve their lives. That's why I have that too.
0: Yeah, it's um I find it great to give somewhat an outline to what you want to do, right? Because I with my life coaching, I got some tools, I got like checklist, what do you want to go through and then you go through it yourself first. So then then you have that credibility from both places, right? You have your certification and you also have your life experience. And then I think that together is really the the thing how you're able to help people. Are you do you wanna share a little bit on why you got on this path? You don't have to go super deep, but just if you want to just like share what led you here.
1: <laughs> well, for me, like even though I had a background in academia and I was doing quite well on the surface, like I was, you know, uh working clinical research. I was a research assistant as well. I was doing many jobs, I've done many jobs in my life. Um I, I was actually a drug addict from the age of seventeen to twenty four and pretty bad as well. So, you know, professionally I was okay, functional. Quite good, but in the background, I was really struggling with addiction, and it it was with me for like eight years, um, a long time. I got sober. Now it was very hard to get sober, but the stimulus was reading a book called The Fiftieth Law by Fifty Cent and Robert Green. It really taught me about the concept of what it means to be sober. Um, in Australia, sobriety is not really that normal. Uh, as a young individual in Australia, you know, it's, you just grow up around it. It's what happens. When I got sober, it it was a long journey. It took me about a year to get sober because I was drinking, smoking and doing lots of drugs. So I had to wean myself off bit by bit. So I tried to quit it all at once, went very badly, but I I staggered it. So I quit drugs first, took me six months, then drinking, then smoking, et cetera, et cetera. Now, somewhere along this pathway, six months after getting sober, I created an Instagram page called Your Daily Purpose. Um, It was all about me doing research on ancient philosophers. Um, or even modern greats like Usain Bolt or sort cetera of, taking their quotes and then deconstructing it into my understanding of it right? and giving advice or not advice, but like just like a deconstruction to my audience. The page grew very quickly and I got about 3000 followers just within a couple of months. Wasn't very difficult because people were just loving the content. Some of my posts have over 200, 300 likes um, and then people would be DMing me, right? Because whenever you get that much engagement, people just DM you and they'd be telling me, oh, you've really just made my day or you've really just given me something to think about. And I've made a whole bunch of friends from that page that still follow me um, on my new page, Mind Access Life Coaching. The thing about that is that you begin to realize that you do have some kind of value. So until that point in time, I had never really um, considered that I could be of value to anyone in that way. I thought that I was just created for academics because I've always been you know, quite good at it. So until that point in time, it never occurred to me. So learning all this stuff and then realizing that I did really enjoy people coming to me and you know basically telling me that I gave them value I decided to try and do something that I could perceive as being valuable to the world right because my life was very meaningless at the time I mean I was sober but I was working a job I did not enjoy um clinical research sounds fancy I found it very boring and not mentally stimulating at all um it was just basic science um, and organization things so I went down the route of understanding what life coaching was. So I got this certification and then I was like, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to quit my job and fly over to Melbourne. So I just left my everything I knew, moved over to Melbourne and started fresh to build my life coaching business. I got certified in NLP and then I built it up from scratch in isolation because I was in um, lockdown. So I just literally just moved. No one was around me and I just built this up from scratch and then launched it. Uh, I'm back in Perth now, but when I was in Melbourne, it was just me and me alone. And it was a lot of focus for two months. And I learned a lot about myself in that period. But anyways, long story short, that's how I found myself onto the path of life coaching. And it provides me a lot of meaning. And that's why I do it. It gives me a lot of sense of fulfillment.
0: It's it's so valuable when you're able to help people, right? I, I understand that part where you're coming from that you think, oh, I'm just the only one who has that. Well, you knew that you were not the only one who had that uh, issue. But that you're like, wow, I actually did something about it. And there's a lot of people who struggle with the same. Was the, the sober or the, you call that sobriety part? I think I'm saying that right. Um, was that when you introduced, got introduced to the concept of self-sabotage? Was that when you realized that not being sober was part of the self-sabotage?
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, using substances is a great way to sabotage yourself from achieving anything in life.
0: For sure, I heard that. And then, of course, the environment you were in being in Australia. And don't worry, Australia is not the only country, but it's very common for people to, to have, um, problems with alcohol and, um, substances, uh, smoking. It's, um, it's huge. Or if you're in a country where obesity is a big topic, it's, um, the environment is a big part of it as well. So you realize then that your, journey was similar to what people struggled a lot with and then how did you find your niche let's say how did you find your audience was there people just like you or how did you come about that
1: oh uh, yeah exactly the latter um, my audience is Millennials who need a creative or want to create a vision for their future because they feel unfulfilled they don't know how to do it because they are afraid they have limiting beliefs they're not sure how to move past it and they have no idea how to go about achieving it that used to be me a couple of years ago I'm a millennial I struggled with all those things I had no vision I was unfulfilled as heck I really had no idea how to overcome my fears like for example I had the worst fear to post anything on social media for most of my life uh this is obviously comes back from childhood things right but like I had the worst fear I could not post anything not even my birthday on social media these days I post all the time I post three times a week on all kinds of social media Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, you have your podcast, everything. My, I'm out there nonstop. But a couple of years ago, I couldn't even put my birthday on, on Facebook or even share a story on Instagram. That's how afraid I used to be. That's a fear. But I'm, what that's leading to is that when people have fears of what they want to do, they're going to have to overcome them. I understand what needs to happen to overcome a fear and then creating a goal-setting strategy. When I was younger, I had no idea how to set goals, no idea how to make anything happen. But you've got to have a strategy to make anything happen. And that's why like i help people in, that need those exact same things because it's something i understand i have the knowledge of how to overcome and i've done it myself and helped other people do it too so that's that's why i serve that particular audience
0: that's great when i when i saw your web your website and saw everything designed to that i was like that's amazing because having this audience you actually know who that is so it's it's really good so Just because I heard a little bit of different um, approaches to this, from when till when would you say somebody is a millennial?
1: Oh, like from this particular year, it's 26 to 41. But a lot of the time they calculate it all the way up to 1999 because the millennia changes in 2000. So like they count it all the way from like 1981 to 1999. But But in like a real sense of like how they calculate the dates, it's like 26 to 41. So 1996 to 1981.
0: So that means your your audience, as you get older, they will get older as well. So they pretty much grow with you. They age with you, right? Uh, that's really good.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> because that gets you to the point where you can then be like, okay, now I'm targeting midlife crisis. Now maybe there's a 50-year something, another milestone. How to deal with aging. That's really good when your audience is aging with you. But so would you say that... Especially that group of millennia- millennials has has a hard time with dealing. That would you would you say they had something a disadvantage or something?
1: Not really. Okay, maybe a disadvantage is one way to put it, but more of a greater period of transition. Millennials have to deal with things that other generations don't, and I can really elaborate on this. Is that so? Yes, please. Yeah, like millennials, you know, moving through time you know, we remember a time when we didn't have mobile phones or smartphones. We remember a time when we didn't have laptops like we do now or Zoom or Wi-Fi. Remember a time when we had to like, you know, it was, we had like a box TV, you know, and you'd have to flip the channel. This, these, these were times that we remember. And like now we're living in a time where I'm chatting to you in Mexico and I'm in Western Australia. Okay. So just the juxtaposition, like that's difficult in itself, that context flip within my short life has been immense. So you put that into millennials who are going out and trying to follow a tried and true pathway that their parents and their grandparents have done, which is like, okay, uh, if you do X, Y, Z, go to school, go to university and get a job, you will be happy and safe. Well, that's clearly untrue because that's like not feasible in the world today. So you face a lot of problems in terms of like, okay, where do I fit in in this world? The world is rapidly changing. If I just do this, it doesn't offer me security, doesn't offer me safety or certainty, Uh, who am I? And then that can create a lot of inflection as well because it's like before you had a solid identity, especially with the baby boomer, solid identity, you know who you are, you know what you do, this is your role in society, this is your function, life is good. When you know your role in society and you know your role as yourself, life has purpose. But when you take that away from someone, and they have no understanding of like who they are, or what they do, because of the quick context changes in our society, then you create a lot of internal conflict. And that's why millennials struggle a lot. Because we've had to see such a huge amount of change in our lifespans. And on top of that, we drive the future. That's hard.
0: Oh, it is. I mean, I would say I'm at the bottom range of the millennials, but even I, I remember cassette players. I didn't grow up all the time with a smartphone. It's, It has been quite a change. So based on that, would you now say the newest generation, what do they call them now? XYZ? I'm not even sure. Gen Z. (laughs) Z? Okay. So would you say it's easier for them again, or do they face other difficulties? Because they grew up with this, right? For them, even though I'm still amazed, as you said, that we can now Skype and record at the same time Mexico to Australia. For them, it's normal, right? They have friends all over the world. They're connected through their phones. Is it becoming easier or harder?
1: Oh, I think it's much harder for them. It's much harder for them to build real connections because... Like when you just spend all of your time on your phone, it creates a real juxtaposition between the value of being on your phone or being with someone in real life and they're completely different things. And especially for the younger generation, um, the switching context is the most difficult album. So, like, say for example, TikTok. Okay. When you scroll through TikTok, you can scroll through a thousand different contexts within a couple of hours your brain cannot keep up with that much information in fact it's just it, it makes it mentally it's it's bad for your mind because when you have one context a context is like say for example me sitting at my desk talking to you this is one context but if i'm looking at you know a thousand different contexts on my phone it doesn't un- help me understand what i need to think And the information we receive from that is minuscule. So we might watch a two minute video and we might say, okay, I've learned the act of doing this. This makes me a master. And then you go out and teach other people based on the two minute bite of information. And you have a whole bunch of people that have misinformation. And that's common because when we look at reels, when we look at TikToks, when we look at shorts, we learn stuff, but the information is so surface level, but we think that we have a good understanding of it, that it really impacts our ability to communicate with others. So I do think that the younger generations um, they're not going to have that juxtaposition that we have to see the past when we used to actually do stuff like read books or like go out and play in the park and stuff like that, right? Like they're not going to do that anymore because like where's the incentive?
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure where we're going with that because I, I it kind of stresses me, you know, when I notice that I feel a bit stressed, a bit up on edge, I can trace that back to being connected. And it's true, right? We're getting bombarded with so much information um, I heard recently that we're getting right now the information in like a day that people got into like 60 years of their life. And I my brain just exploded. I was like, how is this even possible? We're not designed so quickly for that. You actually mentioned that you were a lot on social media too, promoting yourself though, right? Did you see any negative influences on being so connected yourself yet promoting probably a lifestyle where you're you know trying to disconnect find yourself don't look at hey what does this person do on instagram TikTok, whatever whatever have you so how do you find the balance of doing things you need to do for your business and not getting too involved yourself
1: mental discipline you have to know when to separate what you can control and what you can't control so for me Uh, Just for context, my phone gets over 500 notifications a day, right? So, my it my phone is it's yeah. So for me, when I go through things, I have a technique where I make decisions. Any any difficult decision, I will not take any more than five minutes. But any micro decision, I will not take any more than two seconds. It will just be yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I have to be very quick with my thinking because if you spend too long dwelling, you can imagine 500 notifications and you dwell on that you can you just get nothing done right so the way in which I do it is I'm just very quick with decision making but when when I'm not I'm not promoting a lifestyle I'm not doing that what I'm doing is I'm sharing information for people to better themselves and I'm sharing my coaching programs where I can help you achieve the objective you want but I'm not promoting a lifestyle that's that's important I'm not doing that right so when I talk to people online or when I share my content, I might share with you, okay, how do you create a personal vision? Here's one actionable technique. You can do it for yourself. If you want to learn more, come and have a chat to me. I'm going to show you how to do that to achieve the objective that you want. Maybe you want to have goals to work towards, right? But that's that's the maximum that I do. But in my personal life, there is a separation. I work the entire day. And then at a certain point, I will just stop working and I'll do whatever I want. I'll go to the gym. Um, I'll read, I'll hang out with friends, whatever I need to do. But my brain also needs some relaxation in the morning. I'll pick it up again, but I will not touch anything after like 10 p.m.
0: Yeah, that sounds very healthy. And then no, no. uh, So do you limit yourself on the social media as well in your private time? Like you, you post mainly for your business, but not really private. 100%
1: 100% yeah I mean I stopped I can't really stopped using it so much for private I mean like I have my friends that message me and things but that's on like different channels like my own personal private accounts so like when they message me I'll respond obviously because you know I know them but like when I post I post and then I don't really look at it for a while so at the very beginning of my coaching this notification thing started becoming a real uh, issue of stress for me so what I had to do was I learned a way to separate the way which I looked at it so in my day when I plan my day out I have four different time slots that I look at social media so it'll be in the morning in the afternoon in the evening and before I finish up for the day and there will be about 15 minutes 15 15 and then 30 minutes at the end so overall I'm only looking at social media about one hour and 15 minutes a day so sometimes I can take a very long time to reply but I'm not ignoring anyone I just am not looking at social media to maintain my sanity because otherwise I would not be able to, you know, I wouldn't have a clear mind to do other things I had to do like coach. Coaching requires a lot of mental energy. Podcasting requires mental energy. So, you know, I want to save my energy for things that are really important, which is helping my clients. And I do that.
0: Yeah. So have you noticed that as well when you start helping clients? At the beginning, it takes up so much mental energy that you have one or two clients. You're like, I'm done. I I can literally not do this anymore right now for the day and uh, then slowly figure out your way how to do this without giving too much of yourself obviously giving access to yourself and giving what you want to give the client but keep like this little boundary had you uh had you have that experience
1: at the beginning yeah because um i hadn't fully understood the coaching conversation the coaching conversation is very much client directed like a coach is there to understand where you want to go understand what you need to do but like, I'm, I'm not telling you or I'm not telling you, you need to do this. I'm not talking about myself. It's all about you. And because it's all about you, I know exactly where the client wants to go and how we're going to do it and the process that needs to happen. So in the beginning, when you invest on the mental energy is when you're like, oh, I used to do this or this, 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 um, that can take away a lot. But when you start understanding the coaching conversation of actually helping someone achieve what they want, it requires a little bit less energy because it's about you focalizing where the client wants to go based on their needs not what you think they need to do
0: so that was the shift for you once you focused even more on them you were able to give, give yourself some more time and be like more energized have more coaching clients in the day
1: uh um, that too but also it's just about like experience it's about understanding where you need to insert energy where you need to hold back and let the client talk and create space it's all about and it's all a very nuanced thing because the more clients you have the more you realize that um people behave in certain ways right there's a very certain similar template between most people and you can understand when you can say something or you might push too far or when you need to push back or hold back or say something or let them speak you you have to know um but if you do it enough times then you don't really have to guess anymore it's kind of like you understand the triggers um so it requires less energy over time. So sometimes I might stack like three to four clients uh, all at once, like with half an hour between. Um, and some days it might be like one or two. But usually I won't go over like six clients a day. That's that's pretty hard. Um, so it, they're probably just about six would be the maximum.
0: Yeah, at some point it becomes too much talking. But I saw that as well, <laughs> that um, you see the client as who they are, like an individual and, you know, like a beautiful person, but then – um you also see the repetitions you not only see the repetitions in yourself but also how their issues might are might seem not super related to somebody else's but in the in the you know the root cause are and that's when it becomes much easier i noticed that as well so since i took a sneak peek on your website i noticed uh, i mentioned that before so you mention a lot vision and vision setting so would you mind sharing what your vision was when you started your coaching and then what steps people in general could take to find their vision?
1: Mm, that's a great question. For me, my vision is very simple. I want to create a greater impact with my work to help people uncover how they want to live their lives, right? That's that's pretty much it. Like I want to impact as many people as possible with what I do, like by doing positive things like creating my content, um, giving out free things like my ebook, my webinars, like all that podcast whatever i I just put it out there because and I make it free for the most part right if you want to work with me you can that's going to cost money but if you want to help yourself you can do it for free with stuff that I've created for you and it's not going to be something crappy either I've put a lot of effort into it because it's I want you to help yourself too so that was my vision so that's why I do a lot of stuff for free and things like that because like why not not everything has to be charged but if it does have to be then it will be for something that you really want to achieve right so that's number one that's my vision to be able to do that but number two how can people find their vision well it has to be aligned to who you are um as you know with yoga yoga involves alignment right like you have to be aligned to the universe and in the same way it's like your vision has to be aligned to you let's say for example that ever since a young young child you've always wanted to be a dancer and you love dancing you spend your whole life wanting to dance but then you build up fears, you build up anxiety, and you choose to pursue a career in academics. Um, this can leave you, a, like, you can just imagine what that does to someone in their mind, right? Because they're ignoring what they in care about. So you've got to find your alignment. That's what we do when we work together. Help you find your alignment about your why. What is it you truly care about? Why do you care about it? Where does it come from? Let's align that together with your values, morals, and attitudes and beliefs put it all together and create something that you can actually work towards. Because when things get tough, look, motivation isn't going to work. Motivation is bullshit. It doesn't work. Right. Also things like, um, you know, like pep talks and things like that therapy doesn't work because why you, if you're trying to find what it is you want to do is hard. You've got to find why you want to do it. Why do you want to do it? And for me, that vision is like, I want to do it because I want to be, that person, I want to have a good impact on the world. That's what I want to do because in the past I did not have that, right? I was the opposite of what I am today because um, I had many problems with insecurities and fears, all that kind of stuff. So by creating this vision, it really empowers me to keep going. Cause not every day is easy, Lotta. Like some days are really, really hard. Some days are super tough for me and that's just the way it is in life, right? Nothing's perfect, but how do I pull through and keep showing up? Well, because I have a vision of why I want to do this, of who I want to become. And that's how I go about doing it. And that's how I help my clients too. Because you can keep going forever realistically if you understand who you want to be at the end of it and why you want to do it.
0: It's the hardest if you're trying to be somebody you're not. Or if you're like, I think I should do this. You're never going to do it. There's um, I'm blanking on where I got this from. But it was about that you have those deep imprints in you and they're gonna override anything. So you can tell yourself I am going to do this as many times as you want, but if there's something deeper inside of you that you actually want, you're gonna this is gonna override everything. So, but if you find your actual true purpose, which is the one that always overrides anything, that's why you, for example, because your purpose is to, you know, share to the world, that's why you couldn't be happy in academics. It wasn't the thing that was gonna make you fulfilled. So you have to dig deeper. It's still. It might be still an abstract content for the listener. Could it be broken down to things that, that you see yourself doing all the time? The things that make you excited. The how can they pinpoint with it when they have that important thing to them? Their vision. Do, is there anything that you would say is like a more hands-on tool for people?
1: Yeah, actually, I've created one. It's on my website. You can get it for free. Um, it's a. Um, it's an ebook that I wrote. And it's a it's a twenty page ebook, and like the last quarter of the book is a tool you can use, um, and it's basically about getting really clear on the seven areas of your life that have any significance, right? So, just listing out a few one is like social and family relationships another is career and educational aspirations you know another is community value right these are like just three out of seven but you basically if you use this tool that i have on my website it's called the visionary it's an ebook you will go through
0: i'm actually if you allow me i will uh, link to everything in our description of the podcast so people can check out all your free stuff because i think it's amazing you're sharing free stuff (laughs) sorry for the interruption
1: (laughs) no that's cool yeah thank you um what was i saying so Uh, yeah with with the tool there are a bunch of questions um, directed based on that area of your life so you can go through and rate them on one to ten now the ones that you rate slot like really low it's because they're not present in your life so let's say for example we're talking about physical health okay and the question might be like are you going are you feeling fit and healthy etc right and if it's a one you can begin to understand why is it that i'm not because there's going to be a trend there's about 15 questions in each section questions that you don't normally think about that's why they're designed that way to help you think about things you don't normally think about you can look at all the ones low on the spectrum and begin to understand what's lacking in your life for balance and then you can write a statement so there's all directions in the book instructions like how do you do this etc now at the very end of the book you collate all your statements together and create one final grand statement of how you want to go about doing this right because when you have these short-term goals in order then you can create goals towards these not so not short-term goals once you have these short-term visions in order you can create goals towards it and it can help you build towards a larger vision but it's kind of understanding what it is that you want to do and who it is you want to become that creates that vision statement
0: I think that literally is the question that's driving us all, whether we're younger than millennials, millennials, older than that. It's it's really about who we wanna be, right? It's it's so important to not only have your your business side, but also the because people wanna say they don't wanna just be like, oh, I work as this and that. They're like, I am this because I'm passionate about this, because this is my vision. So it's about, yes, what how do they earn their money? But in the end it's about what Do we want to be who do we want to become be what's our impact in the world i think that's really the most driving questions for us all
1: yeah absolutely it's like you know who you want to be defines what you do i mean what you do can always change right i mean we live in a world where you do anything you want when you really think about it like we we have the internet we have different industries it doesn't really matter at some point you can get into it but it's like, who do you want to be that reflects what you do? And then why do you want to be that person that makes it sustainable over time?
0: For sure. But that's actually an interesting point because we have access to so much. And we we touched on that one before. Don't you find it a little bit overwhelming to how much things we have access to? Like in terms of how did you find life coaching, for example? It's not, I mean, it's not as niche anymore, but how would people find or choose between all these things these days you could have literally become anything it's a wide variety of things that are out there I was overwhelmed too I was like oh my god too many options <laughs> please spoil it down
1: <laughs> well you've got to you got to double down on your strengths right like you know you don't have to do something completely random like I used to be an academic so I mean I'm not going to go and become like a singer right like because this is it doesn't work that way for me you know but like recognizing my strengths right so like especially when I was doing Go Daily Purpose. And even in my office as well, people always come to me and talk to me with advice. We go for like lunch and like walk around and stuff like that. Not necessarily like me, like in therapy, but like coming to me to actually understand like, okay, what do I do next, right? That's what a coach is like, what do I do next? So I begin to realize that I had a good talent in this area for some time. And also being able to combine it with my creativity. I love creating. So everything I do, everything you see, the website, the social media, the book, everything that you ever see for my uh, Mindaxis, and for Australia Apparel, my clothing brand, is all created by me. No one else. There is no one else involved.
0: That's amazing.
1: yep So uh, with Australia Apparel, I have a business partner, but like I create everything, right? So for me, like creativity is a huge skill. I love creating. I can sit down and create for probably the rest of my life and do nothing else. That's I, I love creating. and I, I never have an end of ideas. Never. So like I just love it. Like writing books, I love that. I love just doing stuff in that arena. So how do I find life coaching? Well, it's pretty simple. It's like, what do I like doing? Well, I like creating, I like helping people, Right? what am I good at? I'm good at copywriting. I'm good at listening. I'm good at actioning. I'm good at, you know, understanding a vision and seeing the pathway. I'm good at the stuff. So if, if you're good at something, if you're passionate about it, and if you can do it for a long time without getting bored, that's the one.
0: It's. It's, it's very simple, yet it's uh, a little bit complicated for some people. And I'm sure, though, everybody can do it. Are you, do you think you're going to add something onto the life coaching and mindset coaching anytime soon? Do you have anything in plan or are you going to just have those two as your main things and keep going with that?
1: No, I want to add more. So I want to create um like lower cost programs for people. So like I want to make it sustainable and achievable for like anyone to do stuff that I do right in a way that's sustainable for me. I'm not really too sure how I'm going to do it yet, but it's something in my mind because like, look, we're, we're going through a time right now where um, there is like a economic crisis on the horizon right and I still want to be able to provide people the support in a certain way I don't know how I'm going to do it yet but like that's what is next is like for me to be able to make it more affordable for people so but it doesn't diminish in quality that's that's my key that's what I want
0: so like an online program for example
1: yeah, yeah. Or, or a course yeah. or something like that i I've got to figure it out but uh, I'll figure it out
0: we're on the same page there we're we're about to figure courses out as well give them out for people and We didn't only have that in our yoga training that I was blown away by the thing that she had it on her website as the banner. It said authentic and affordable. And I was like, this is amazing because a lot of these things, especially yoga teacher trainings, you might not be familiar, they're a couple thousand and she has it affordable. And I was like, yes, there's a lot of life coaching things or coaching packages and they can be pretty pricey. And shouldn't everybody have access to help themselves at least with the basics first so that's exactly up our alley we really want to sh- give that to people as well
1: 100 and the reason um it can cost so much is because of this there's this thing in the industry about um you know charge your worth charge your worth especially when i was a young coach uh <laughs> young coach but especially when i was a young coach <laughs> and like people were um like coming to me non-stop trying to sell me like you know, enter into my coaching program because there's a huge part of this industry. Like, I'm not sure if you're aware about coaches, coaching coaches. So it's like, there are yep. actual coaches who say, I'll help you get to 5k a month or some you know stupid. Yeah. I, it's really, really irritating. And, um, it it, may, it makes you really think that you need to be like that because that's what everyone else is doing. And at the very beginning, there was so much conflict in my mind because I was like, man, I, I just want to do it like this. I want to just be able to actually like help people. I don't want to charge people this much, etc. But then that was a limiting belief too. So I had to go through a lot of inner work to understand the balance between, okay, like how do I make this sustainable for someone? But how do I also create something that someone values and will actually action, right? Because, you know, let's say if you get a course for free, you're never going to do that course. I have hundreds of free courses that I have. I've never done one because that transactional value is what makes you sustainable what keeps you going. You're not going to do anything if you didn't invest any of yourself into it. like what's the point, right? It's free. So you have to have a balance between the two. but something that makes you feel good, something that makes you know that you're actually helping someone by serving them what they need and also making it sustainable so that they can they can achieve they can afford it number one, but also two, it's going to provide them value at the end of the day. That for me was something I had to really learn for a long time.
0: Oh that's literally exactly where I am struggling as well. It's it's hard, right? Because I noticed that too. You want to give something to to somebody. You're like, this is free. Do do it. And they're like, oh. and then you realize there's there's something that they have to give as well as energy for them to value it. It's so wild. And um it's pricing and what what are you worth? And I heard that for sure as well. Like charge your worth. Don't uh don't undervalue yourself. It's um interesting how becoming a coach also puts you into all these problems where you have to figure that out how do I position myself that's why I found it so amazing that you're like yep my target market is millennials and I was like this fits so well and you found your niche there pretty much because I've never heard anybody advertise that way and then you go from there what income do they have what can I offer and then the nice balance between sustainability for them and for me and It's, um, as they say, Bob's your uncle.
1: (laughs) I had to go through a a long journey to do that. You know, like it it was not like that in the beginning. I, yeah, at the very beginning, I had no idea what to charge. I had no idea how to do it. And especially all those coaches, coaching coaches on like Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn, they would come at me nonstop every day like a pack of wolves, especially when you're a young coach, a new coach, they attack you consistently. And I, I being immature at the time and not understanding this whole, this whole process, I would message all of them back for days, get on calls with them and realize, oh, hang on, you guys are trying to sell me something? Like, I just didn't understand or I wasted so much time doing this, literally so many months. I would say like two to three months of just entertaining this before I was like, you know what, no more. I, I will not talk to anyone that's trying to sell me something about this or that, just trying to sell me something, right, without even understanding like what I'm about.
0: I'm seeing myself so much in there. Yes, yes. I, my only thing is that helps me is that Rai knows these things, and he's like, "You realize they're trying to sell you something." And I was like, "What?" I just, it didn't even occur to me. It, it actually hurt in a way because I was like, "But aren't we all trying to help each other?" Yes yeah, so or no. It's you have to go through your own maturity process there. I find and um, yeah, figure it out because you also have this feeling, or at least I, I, I had this that. You're like, well, maybe they know better. What if they have something, some knowledge I don't know? I don't know yet. So do I need this? Am I just going to march out there, be like, I'm a coach now and I'm just going to put myself out there in the world. So it's, you are a target for, for these type of people for sure. And I've seen that a lot. So Jeff, this is really interesting, but let's wrap it up slowly. I want to <laughs> know where can people find you? Would you like to, I mean, we're all going to put this in the comments, but just that you um, explain to us, where can people find you, what you offer for free. And then, of course, people can also book coaching calls with you. So we know that, but just all your um, material there. And we're going to put it in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah, cool. So you can find me um, on Facebook and Instagram at Mind Access Life Coaching. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok there. My main channel is Instagram. If you want to follow my content, see what I do, learn about what I do. I do Instagram live shows, all that kind of stuff. Uh, follow me on Instagram. I, I'm there the most. Now I'm also on LinkedIn at Jeff Seattle. Create a different style of content on LinkedIn as well. Um, it's more for like a, you know, as LinkedIn being a different kind of platform, it has a certain style to it as well. So LinkedIn is Jeff Seal. You can find me um, on YouTube at the Mind Access Movements. Um, and I've also just about to release a podcast on Spotify as well called the mind access connection. And then on top of all that too, you can find me on my website called mindaccesslifecoaching.com.au and all of these channels, you can book in a call. There's, there's always going to be a link where you can say, I want to book in a discovery call. Now, if you go to my website, it pops
0: up with a cool sound. It goes like, boom, (laughs) it's awesome. (laughs)
1: And um, if you want to grab a free book, I have on my website, The Visionary 2, that you can get. And my Instagram, you can get it too, my free ebook. And you can also watch my webinars um, and other podcast interviews that I've done too. So yeah, check it out. And if you'd ever like to get in touch, um, I'm just a DM away.
0: That's awesome. And you have Instagram Lives. And I'm going to be on your Instagram Live as well in uh, September, I believe. And those are, those are awesome. The, you just have all kinds of different guests there. So I'm sure that your podcast is going to be great as well.
1: It's the exact same. I'm just taking the Instagram lives and turning into a podcast.
0: Oh wow, that's awesome. So I will be on your podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's cool. Now, that's that's an amazing um option actually. And target's right your millennials, right? They're on Instagram, they get the Instagram lives, they get the notification. Hey, look, Jeff is talking to somebody and they're like, Ooh, I'm right on there. Um, anything else we should say before we wrap up wrap up?
1: I always like to say one thing at the end of um podcast interviews which is which is i'm always in time and not in life you have a certain amount of time okay you don't know how much time it is but there is an expiry date to your life if you have something you want to do and it's been a burning desire for you and you're holding yourself back because you think you'll do it tomorrow Mm -hmm. or because you think that you have unlimited time to achieve it the truth is you don't there is always going to be an expiry date so if you have something you want to do, go out and make it happen. Find a way to do it. Take some steps, make some changes, take some actions because it's not going to happen by itself and there is nothing worse than the feeling of regret. So appreciate, respect the fact that your life has a finite timeline because if it didn't, it could last forever. But respect it, enjoy it because it means that you get to enjoy it once, make the most of it and that's for you by you. So make sure you spend your time well. And make sure you go out and achieve your dreams because you only get one shot to do it.
0: That's beautiful. I'm, I'm glad we got that in because that's awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for, for sharing this all on your podcast, sharing you on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. I'm sure everybody else listening enjoys this just as much. So thanks so much.
1: No worries, Laura. Thanks for having me. Grateful to be here.
0: Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. There's more to us than the podcast. Your community awaits you in our free Facebook group. Click the link in the description to join the conversation now. You can also follow and connect to us on social media. Thank you again so, so much for listening. We really appreciate your time and support. With love, Lada and Ryan.